Hey everyone, welcome back to the Different Spectrums Podcast. If you haven't listened to our show before, we have conversations around mental health and we dabble in humor. A wee bit. <laughs> we also try to help people understand, identify, and normalize their emotions from movies and shows. Gross. Emotions. <gasps> Specifically, certain scenes. You've probably already watched these movies and shows, but we're going to use a different perspective, and one could say a different spectrum. That was the worst chicken noise I've ever heard in my life. Well, I didn't want to press the button. It's too loud. How about you just do a chicken noise? <laughs> Rough. <laughs> or just breathe heavily into the mic. That, that too. I flirt with women. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why you're single. And with that, I am your co-host for the show, Spencer. We're joined today with our licensed clinical therapist, ladies' man in his own mind. Uh, he's our life. <laughs> He's our very own Nazir. My own mind. I am the best. I'm a genie. I'm skinny. And I'm slim thick, though. In my mind. In real life, Man. I'm dying of diabetes and I have no feet. That's why you can't stand up. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm just like the nubby guy from SpongeBob. <laughs> Every time it's ah, ah, and then you fall over. <laughs> uh, so, getting back on topic today, we're taking a look at a scene from the documentary series The Last Dance. Uh, Which I've seen all of. Yes, yes, you've seen all of it. All of, not even half of an episode. It's really <laughs> good. Yep. He's just the greatest basketball player of all time. It's fine. Uh... We're taking a look at a scene um, from episode seven. It's going to be the last few minutes. It's where uh, we finally see the emotional side of uh, Michael Jordan's competitiveness. Um, we don't do a ton of sports shows and movies, but I thought that this would be a good one because uh, you can finally, like Michael Jordan, definitely on the spectrum somewhere has to be um work ethic is crazy OCD. Um, yeah very ocd and then also he probably does things to push his teammates where some people probably say it goes a little bit too far um and as we're gonna see in this clip some of his teammates do say that they went too far but for for a price right he wants to win um I think this is a great scene. Uh, like I said, you finally get to see an emotional side to Michael Jordan, which I never saw before, and it kind of shocked me when I first saw it when it aired. So, Nazir, anything before we get into the clip? Just a valid scene to show you that he's a punk and soft, and the Pistons dominated him until we 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 All let right, him folks, win a couple games. So this is why know, I didn't watch this. The Detroit Pistons were rivals with the Chicago Bulls for a while, and then you know after for the Bulls while. beat the shit out of them, then they then everybody retired and uh, went their own merry way. All right, well, making sure we went to like a lot of championships, <laughs> one two, you know, beat him and everybody else. 
How many does Jordan have compared to that? Was after you know we were we let yeah, we retired. We were old. I just want to know. I just want to we know how many. We didn't one, we run out of knees. Three, four, five, six. And he got a couple of those with Pistons two. guys. So technically, we'll take the one from from damn, I forgot his name. Exactly. Exactly. You don't even know. You don't even know what you're talking so about. So those anymore. count as this Pistons is why we don't anyways. do a sports show, folks. Yeah. This is why we don't do a sports show. No. All right, let's get to the clip. Yeah. Oh, but we are going to hit some uh, sports pods coming up, though. So yes. this will be the first one of many. We're going to do Talladega Nights after this. We're going to try and do the Longest Yard. And then what was the other one that we're doing today? The replacements is today. Yeah. So we're going to get to some funnies. Uh, so it should be, uh, we're going to do the little, little Giants. We're going to do a lot coming up in the coming months. So yeah. let's get into it. This, uh, you're going to get hit with the quick commercial to pay for us. Because we only get 10 cents for this commercial, but you're paying for something. Money, money, money. Money. <laughs> Jesus. Off the floor, he was going to be cordial. He was going to be accepting. He was going to be nice. But as a teammate, he had certain expectations. Was he a nice guy? It couldn't have been nice. With that kind of mentality he had, you can't be a nice guy. He would be difficult to be around if you didn't truly love the game of basketball. He is difficult. Through the years, you think that intensity has come at the expense of being perceived as a nice guy? Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, winning has a price. And leadership has a price. So I pulled people along when they didn't want to be pulled. I challenge people when they don't want to be challenged. And I earned that right because my teammates came after me. They didn't endure all the things that I endured. Michael Jordan is down in pain. Once you join the team, you'd live at a certain standard that I played the game. And I wasn't going to take any less. Now, that means I had to go in there and get in your ass a little bit, and I did that. You asked all my teammates? The one thing about Michael Jordan was he never asked me to do something that he didn't fucking do. see this and they're gonna say well he wasn't really a nice guy he may have been a tyrant oh well that's you because you never wanted anything i wanted to win but i wanted them to win and be a part of that as well Play that way. 
So back. <laughs> just so uh, a little context to the series as a whole, um, it's pretty much all about um, the Bulls' last dance. So um, they garnered about six championships within, I want to say, like eight years, something like that. Because um, two years, Michael Jordan was retired. Um, so it's all about the last time all of those teammates were together. Scottie Pippen, uh, Dennis Rodman, Phil Jackson. Um, last time that they were all together. And so um, it's mainly, though, a story about Michael Jordan um, and kind of his achievements that he's just gone through um, through the years and um, came out right when the like right in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, yeah, right around there. I'll be honest. It aired, um, on TV first. It was like two episodes a night. So 10 episodes were like two a night. Um, I was there for all of them every week. I was right there watching. Um, cause for me, I grew up a huge Michael Jordan fan, even though I'm from Minnesota, it's still one of those things where you just grow up watching somebody, um, that just that great. And you get to like, my dad would always, um, always act like he was Michael Jordan, be like Michael as he, you know, shot the ball in my face as I'm like two years old. It's fine. <laughs> Felt great. Um, and Michael, little piece of shit. Yeah. And then kick me over. Um, uh, also, you know, space jam. That was my, that was my shit. And so, um, seeing somebody this big and huge, um, like Michael Jordan, you just get a fascination over. And so I was tuned into this and it was amazing to watch, um, to see all the different kind of backgrounds that he did for, um, just getting those championships. All right. Now getting into the scene itself, I chose this scene, like I said, because we can finally see the emotional connection that he has to the game of basketball and winning overall. Um, if you don't yep. know, Michael Jordan is super competitive. Like the, uh, like he competes pretty much at everything that people mm -hmm. don't even want to play certain sports with him or anything near him. Cause he'll too a hundred percent into it. Yeah. Very intense. Um, so Nazir, what are your thoughts on the scene coming from Detroit fan? I never heard of the guy. So I don't know. This is all new to me. <laughs> Who? Michael, who? I ain't never heard of that motherfucker, boys. <laughs> ain't even show him in Detroit. Yeah, that's right. I don't know this fucking guy. I don't know this Q2. I know LeBron. Who's that? Doug on Lambeer again. What? <laughs> oh, hold up now. <laughs> I bet you LeBeer tried to fight. Yeah. Yeah. No, LeBeer never really got, it never really fought back. He just got his ass kicked a lot. He did. Man, he fought. He, he, he fought, like but he never really won any fights. He usually Bro. just got trounced. He punched Larry Bird like in the chest, like right here in the chest, and threw him down. Oh, there you go. So he he yeah. won one. <laughs> I don't know if he won. I mean, yeah, Larry Bird could fight too. Uh, yeah, and yeah. those were some hellish. Uh, the documentary on the Bad Boys was like awesome to watch because of the yeah, fights. That was a good one too. They were going yeah. at the Celtics and uh, all these teams. So yeah. Jordan, obviously a major rival of the Pistons and many other teams. Um, now I'm going to make a real quick a pivot uh, because it just happened today. My boy mm -hmm. sent me this thing. 
uh, Stephen Jackson uh, that was mm. playing on the Bobcats. And I was like a massive Bobcats fan when they had Gerald Wallace. Uh, I would play with him on 2K and just dominate dudes. I would literally yeah. pick Charlotte with him, Ajax, or uh, Steven Jackson, Jax, mm-hmm. and I would just, like, crush dudes, man. That was such a fun team to play with. And they'd be like, who is this dude? He was like the, a small forward of Ben Wallace. Loved it. Um, yeah. So he's talking on someone else's podcast. He's like, bro, Jordan got so mad at us at the game, cussed us out. Walked into practice and the next day is like, take off my fucking shoes. Like, I'm not, you don't even deserve to wear my Jordan shoes. Take them off. Hops on the second team, and their second string was actually pretty good. Hops on the second string team and then beats their ass. The first string was Jared Wallace, Steven Jackson, and the other guys that yeah. were on that team. Um, yeah. I think Tyrus Thomas was on there. It, it was actually a pretty loaded team. Um, mm-hmm. It was hilarious. He's like, bro, on a whole new level. And Jackson's like, hey, man, I respect it. I wasn't mad at the dude. Like, I wasn't pouting or nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, he wants us to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, I think, the like one of the first years that they made the playoffs. And, like, since they became a franchise. And then I don't think they ever made the playoffs after that because everyone went their separate ways. Yeah, and they were, yeah, they've been, like, one of the, they were one of the worst teams, worst teams. in the league that, for years and years. Years. And then that so. was when they had a decent squad. And then after that, everyone took off. Um, yeah. I just thought it was funny because I just seen it today. So even Steven Jackson was like, man, fuck it. I mean, he's like that. It is what it is. He wants you to win. And mm-hmm. you really don't throw no shade at him because he whooped our ass at 50 years old. True. They said he was like in church clothes, came out there and beat us down. I'm like, damn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So the scene. Uh, intense scene of emotion right at the end there. Uh, I think maybe there's, it looks like there was some shame and some guilt. Mm-hmm. About that, uh, about maybe how he treated others or how other people perceived him. But it looked like it was mostly an emotional connection to winning. So I would like to see some of the psychology about what it is, the winning that drives him so much. What is that necessity, the obsession? Uh, I'm sure it talks about it in the doc, so I might have to mm-hmm. check that out. Now that I've got yeah. some free time, while I'm building these Legos and I'm finishing up these last couple shows that I haven't finished in a while, I just finished Atlanta. Getting ready nice. to finish murders in the building. Like I'm finishing a lot of stuff right now. Um, right. Well, doing Legos. Uh, super nerdy, I know. Um, so I'll probably get to this too. Uh, ton of emotion right there. And so that doesn't mean it's sadness though. That could just be like pure passion. If she's like, I, if you don't want it, then mm-hmm. fuck you. So I can see him visualizing and imagining and him just touching winning that mm-hmm. feeling of winning and what it means to him and his personality his essence there was so much emotion that he that he cried that's what it, he got overwhelmed so i feel like mm-hmm. a lot of folks that are autistic uh, like ourselves um sometimes we get overwhelmed bro we don't know what the hell's going on we just get like bamboozled and just dump trucked and we're like damn yeah uh so i'm feeling something i don't mm-hmm. know if i'm getting ready to murder you and your children or am I getting ready to go hug this tree? Very, very two different things there. Murder and then just hugging nature. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, know if I'm getting ready to take a uh, depression nap. <laughs> I'm getting ready to go. <laughs> I'm getting ready to go slap like three people. Um, or am I getting ready to cry? Uh, or am I getting ready to 
burrito and just run away from the world? Am I just going to shut down? But there's an emotional overstimulation, what he felt, and then erupted. Uh, shit, that mm. happens to me all the time. Um, mm. So that's pretty cool to see. I feel like the same way you talk about Jordan is the same way I talk about Mike Tyson whenever I see mm. him cry. Yeah. Uh, because seeing him cry is like just devastating, and he cries all the time. He's got a lot of he got a lot of st- just tons and tons of trauma. Yeah, um, I would say the main difference is like you're not going to get that out of Jordan. No, like, a lot. You're going to get so. the same competitive spirit and wanting to dominate be- yeah. because of Mike's got some other things. I probably neurodivergent. There's definitely learning disabilities, bipolar mm-hmm. disorder. There's a lot of stuff there, uh, mm-hmm. but all the trauma. And loss is what makes him that violent, murderous individual. I saw him on Fox News the other day, Tyson. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, man, you wanted to kill people. And he's like, yep. And then the dude, the anchor's like, ha, ha, ha. And he's just he's staring like, at him. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I literally wanted to murder people in the ring, just so you know. Yep. And then he just gets into all this trauma stuff where why he wanted to dominate people so you never fuck with him again. Yeah. Uh I feel like when Jordan talks about this stuff, it's not so people don't mess with him. He wants to win by any means necessary, but it's for a few different reasons compared to Tyson's. And and I guess yeah. I want to watch this to figure out what it is now. Yeah. Um, yeah, they delve very deep into his competitiveness. I mean, his fa- I mean, they talk about like his dad since um his dad uh gave some attention to like his um older brother because they thought his older brother was a lot more uh, a little bit more gifted? i don't know like yeah gifted things like that and so that really pushed him michael into just whatever it is he's just the first one to go boop go in and out of it so i think that's a really big part of it was like his dad and unfortunately when his dad um passed away that was a big thing too um a very emotional scene when he wins his next championship and um like his father isn't there to um to actually celebrate with him and be with him that was a really big scene that was the second time i've ever seen him cry was when he was Mm -hmm. on the floor with the ball just crying bawling his eyes out um yeah yeah that winning it like completes him yeah it like validates something inside him and thus, there's just an overwhelming thing of emotions. I would mm-hmm. assume he's extremely... I mean, him wanting to win, is, is that is an emotion. So he right. is nothing but pure emotion. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't come out of that tearing and, and that happiness or joyfulness or that over... It doesn't come out of what we feminize and, and demean as crying mm-hmm. until, like, he hits the pinnacle. Right. Or until he's vulnerable enough to, like, let the mask go down. And then you're like, oh, shit. So obviously he's crying. Guarantee he cries on uh, uh, by himself. He must do it all the time or with his kids. He must. Same thing. There's no way you have that many that much emotion on the court and for all these other yeah. things, and then you don't have it with your loved ones. There's no way. True. And plus, he mix in like they even get into like his whole how he can't even go outside at all. No, can't can't go outside because everyone recognizes him, and then they want to you know get autographs and everything. And so we that, just talked about this with the make. Yeah. It's kind of like the Metro Man guy with Mega Man. Yeah. yeah. So isolating oneself, and you know that that's never a, so. Everything, all of his emotions come out on the court, um, as we see there, and 
obviously yes he does have like probably tons of emotions off the court and things like that but you can really see that maybe he takes things from a mental side and then puts that into his game correct yep and then they even talk about how he would make things up in his own mind just to get like more of a competitive side to him i've done i'm like (laughs) yeah it's intense yeah, he was just talking. They were talking about how he, uh, one player, they thought he said, uh, yeah, like, good game, Mike, Af- like after he scored some points on him. Yeah, never happened. He never said that to him. He never said anything to him. And then he comes back the next game, whoops his ass, make sure he doesn't get any points. And then he scores like the same amount of points he did the whole game in the first half. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, some folks that, can play things in their head or visuals and then tap into a ton of emotions. Right. A lot of people do that when they get ready to lift. Mm, so yeah. they'll listen to the music, get pumped up and animated. You know, my traumatized ass, I would dip into some other stuff. Right. And I stopped doing that because uh, I think by the time I started doing this job, I realized it was destroying me. So it was like, mm-hmm. oh, it took me until I'm like 25 to figure out not to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I realized I was doing it and the first time people thought it was weird. When I was in high school playing football, and I would get fucking amped up. No music, yeah. no nothing. I would just literally start rocking, doing my thing, and visualizing all these different things. Next thing you know, I'm just fucking pouring tears. Mm-hmm. And just heavy breathing and like literally ready to murder someone. My running back goes, bro, you good? Yeah, I would never fuck with you in the locker room. I wouldn't. I bet no oh one God. even went near your ass. Oh, yeah. not now. It, it was pretty much going on the field. Oh, okay. Locker room, I'd be chilling. It was going on the field, and mm. I would like zone out, dude. I would literally like dissociate, and then I would take in everything and like walk into the end zone. Mm. Uh, everyone else is like all with the team and shit. I'd be off by myself for a second because mm. I knew the time was coming to an end. Right, senior year, and then I knew college was coming, but nothing's guaranteed. Sure. And so I would like go do my own thing, and then come back to the team. But I remember my running back looking at me like, bro, what's wrong? First game of the year. What's wrong with you? I'm like, this is my normal, bro. Mm-hmm. You don't understand the school I just came from. Dudes are twice my size. I'm 6'2", like 300. Dudes are like 6'6", 350 yeah. at my old school. And like all Division One scholarships, couple, three or four of them went to the pros. Wow. Um, actually, that might have been closer to four or five. Uh, so I needed to get amped up because I was a little guy. Mm-hmm. At this school. And so I would tap into some stuff. My dad would give me some stuff to tap into. And I would literally, I want to use a different word, but I, I would go insane. Um, okay. I don't want to use the other word. Uh, so I would go insane. Uh, I used to do that when my lifts, when I would go to max out, you go to like these, damn, these, these they saying this, or they saying that, or they hate you. They, they dislike you. People thought mm-hmm. you'd be nothing. They think you're an idiot. They think you're dumb. And then I would tap into that. All these people that said negative things or treated me very poorly in the past, teachers, family right. members, different things like that, friends, bullying. And then boom, next thing you know, my heart would be racing and then I would just pump this weight. Right. I don't do that anymore because it's just traumatic. Uh, now right. I usually tap into like good things, happy things. Right. Uh, I, try, I relax. Now if I get too pumped up, I'll just start tearing stuff. My pec tear, my back will mess up. Like... I, if I go uncontrolled in my lifts, yeah. everything goes to shit. Yeah. So I teach most of my athletes that I work with now where emo- emotion like Jordan just tapped into, I, I want to tap mm-hmm. into that. 
but I want you to be in control of everything. And so we're going to mm-hmm. tap into some good stuff, breathe. We're going to play a little bit calmer music. So this heavy metal shit or a heavy gangster rap where you're shooting and murdering motherfuckers. It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. let's get you to chill a little bit, work on your breathing. That way we can focus, get shit done. Right. Yeah. My boys are like, oh shit, this actually works. I was like, yeah, no shit, jackass. <laughs> and now I don't have to worry about you strapping like 500 pounds to your back and blowing your leg out. Yeah. That's What's the up? thing when I played football was like, I couldn't do any of that because I wasn't, I wasn't as strong as a lot of dudes. So I would have to just be more focused on my, like, I would always focus on like what techniques I'm going to use if I'm in like a one-on-one situation. Yep. Um, or if I'm, yeah, I mean, that was the main thing was like keeping my focus because if I tap into too much of like that emotional side, then I'm, I'm just going to just be angry and then just want to hit somebody instead of actually Paying doing attention. the thing I'm supposed yeah like doing my job what I'm supposed yep. to be doing so yep, yep, yep. I feel you on that um yeah I met a lot of people who would tap more into like the anger side and would just zone out um and it worked for them mm-hmm. but in my case it just didn't work because I wasn't as strong as some other people I was tall and I had quick feet so there you go Yep. There's that. Which can get you um, a lot of different places. Yeah. But does. you also got to make totally sure your head's in the game, work, focus on your technique and what the play is. Because if you're not focused on the oh, yeah. play, now oh, you're going to yeah. jump off sides, right? Now you're going to whiff a, t- a tackle or a block. Yeah, uh, you're going to be too amped up and you're going to shoot the three over the backboard, right? I mean, <laughs> it's just, yeah. you're going to kick the ball way, way, way. You know, you're going to knuckle puck someone in the balls, whatever. Knuckle puck. <laughs> <laughs> Do you to be knuckle puck? Oh, you need to be focused. I would cool off after like the first series. I would cool off right. and then I would be back backgrounded. Now yeah. my mind would go in like Terminator mode and like figure out where I need to be to beat all these skinny right. dudes to the spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then our senior year though was so bad that you know we'd be getting blown the hell out at this new school I went to. That's why I met Colin. So I would just literally be hitting people after the whistle. Jesus like Christ. going at people's knees. It was super bad. I got the most penalties. Uh like 15-yard penalties, personal fouls, like in the league that year. I met people years later that knew me. Yeah, They're like, yeah, man, they didn't know me. They're like, man, piece of shit hit me in the back when I wasn't even nowhere near the play. I'm like, yeah, was it a big dude? They're like, yeah. I'm like, I'm the only big dude on the team that was me. I was like, you owned up to it, right? I owned up to it. I'm like, you good, bro? Him and his friends are sitting there looking at me. I'm like, you can try it if you want to. I mean, hey, if you want to fight, we can fight. Yeah, well, I like getting my ass whipped now. It's a trauma thing. So, <laughs> sorry. Oh, Jesus. Back to the scene. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to show that he had obviously a ton of emotions. I'm sure that plays out with his family, loved ones, friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some neurodivergent stuff on how we get overstimulated. Right. Beforehand. You told me in previous conversations about sacrifices, mm-hmm. and then he talks about winning. If you don't want to win, then get the fuck out of here. Well, like, I want yeah. you to win just as much as me. Oh, here it is. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm verbal processing. I say this all the time to my clients. I'm never going to tell you to do shit that I don't do. I'm not going to tell you to go fucking jog a mile. Mm-hmm. And I'm, my fat ass isn't jogging a mile. Right. Now, if I tell you to do yoga, it's because I do yoga. If I tell you to do the deep breathing or maybe I tell you to make some friends, put yourself out there, go to the gym, shoot around. If I tell you to do certain things, that's because I do them and I trust them. 
So thus I feel comfortable navigating you towards that path. I'm never going to tell you something. I'm not, I'm not a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. A lot of therapists, they don't be doing the shit. They'd be talking about, bro. They don't, they don't. Some of them do a good majority of them don't, bro. We're so bad mm-hmm. therapists at self-care. We're so bad at just like taking care of ourselves, just in general, mentally, physically, emotionally, because we get tired at the job. We go home pretty much overeat and die. Uh, it, it, it's just a constant state of just trauma. So people are like, Nas, why are you so good at your stuff? Well, that's because I legit force myself to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm also lucky enough to like, I've got my father and brother here with me, right? It's financially, I'm set. I've got a lot of things that help me out regularly. Right. Um, a lot of people don't have that where like they're in college or when they're first starting their career. They're just by themselves, really hard. Um, I practice what I preach. I think students enjoy that because they see the passion. I'm like, this shit works. Mm. They're like, nah, I don't. I'm like, motherfucker, let's do it right now and off. Let's do it. I made you look. <laughs> Sorry. Ah, fuck. Headphones. Technically, that does not count. Not any fucking echoes anymore in this pods. Yeah, trying not to. We got to seem professional and shit now. The quality. <laughs> Not what we nah. say. Got to do this again now to remember to cut it from here. All right. All right. Hey, you know what? I want to talk about music. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Uh, I just love the music throughout the documentary. So great. Um, in the scene, it was nice too. Um, it was kind of a nice build up. Um, but then, uh, yeah, the, through the, the whole series, they have all these classic kind of throwback songs. LL Cool J. Um, I want to say they have, um, not, no, they might have Naughty by Nature. Can't remember. Um, but yeah, I just love their music throughout this whole thing. It gets you pumped up and makes me want to actually just kind of go out and play basketball myself. Um, and kind of going along with that, I me, I have like my own playlist. So I don't, I don't really do streaming services. I don't, I don't like streaming music. Yeah. I noticed that you just put them on your yeah. iPod. Yes. I have an iPod touch, which to anybody right now, they're like, what the fuck? Why? Fucking weirdo. Why? Serial what killer. That's what I thought. You know, hey, you know what? One day there's gonna be an apocalypse, and I'm gonna be like Book of Eli. I'm just gonna have my iPod roaming around the desert. That's right. Um, but yeah, I have my own (laughs) playlist. I do. Um, so usually what I do, I it's all my like if I'm working out, playing basketball, I do like a hype playlist where it's just everything that's gonna get my uh heart rate up and get me kind of excited to do a workout or anything like that what most people do um but right now what i usually listen to a lot like i listen to if i'm really into a song i listen to it like on repeat a lot yeah um what what do you got going right now so i'm listening to i like you by post malone with doja cat okay um that one that's a good one. I would also listen to this one song called um, Secret of Life 
by uh, James Taylor. Um, it's just like a slow song. Just I love the. Uh, it was actually in um Orville. Uh, okay. The one redhead dude plays it for the last episode of the okay. se- season. All right. Um, I love that one, and I just when I'm working, I just like to vibe out. I don't like to do too much hype, too much like hip hop or anything like that. Depends on what song it is, mainly yeah, yeah. because. I just I'm sitting there and I'm not moving at all. I don't like just doing all that. But yes. uh, yeah. yeah, so that's a time for it. Yeah. Um, so I'm just here. What uh, what music do you listen to when you work out or when you're when you're getting your heart rate out? So before I forget, for those because yeah. uh, Spencer's talked about Orville, so mm-hmm. we got a couple pods out there we already did on Orville. If y'all want to go back and check those out, wonderful pods. Um, one of them's gonna be on Bordis. And protecting his his daughter, uh, his daughter that technically was forced to be trans, uh, uh, were born female, and then they messed some stuff up because they don't believe in that. And then turn them mm-hmm. into male, and then they went right went back to female. Um, mm-hmm. Wonderful scene from there. And then we did another scene on something else from from I think it's when he committed suicide. Yeah, it was the, when the he, robot. Yep, yep, it was when he committed suicide. What's that robot's name? You know what? We're gonna leave this in, but I'm gonna look it up anyways. Yeah, go ahead. Uh but yeah, so we did one scene uh with a robot. It was the very first episode of the last season. Uh he kills himself Isaac. because of the atrocities. Isaac. Uh yes. I was one of my favorite ones there because that was just that was an intense uh tense scene. That was an intense episode. It, it was the first episode of the season. First episode of the season came in hot and heavy. <laughs> Two episodes later, it's all about trans. It was a lot of stuff in the Orville this year. Uh, so I think mm-hmm. it's kind of cool that you listen to one of the songs, because um, yeah. he they do sang some really good songs at the end there. Um, yeah, I will say with that song, my mom, I played it for my mom while we were in the car, and she was like, "Why? Do, why are you playing this song?" Because <laughs> apparently, no, because apparently, um, a few of her classmates who've passed away, their her son, um, or her sons play James Taylor, yeah. like every year to like commemorate her um and so she was like why are you playing this song and she's like holding back tears yeah and i'm sure it's it's a very sad melodic song too i'm telling so you I'm man like, yeah the songs will get you i told dom about that one and a couple pods back about that mama hold my hand that one will get you bro and for you as you know close to your mom that don't Wander on that one late at night with no one's yeah. around, Spencer. No one's around. Yeah, it'll hit you in some yeah. weird places. Uh, yeah. Just like when I stumbled upon, I was like, "Why, why, dude?" This song they just caught my attention the other day. Macklemore, it's called Maniac. It just came out probably a couple months ago, and literally just the way he sings all of it in the chorus it is just so fun uh okay. and it's about him like being in love and this and that and and like dating uh that maniac song i've played on repeat in the gym like a million times just like kind of cool kind of soothing his voice okay. and the other other folks the chorus in the background it's just really soothing um okay. one of my go-to for most of my workouts is uh hosier uh it's called movement okay um, that is extremely good. 
I usually play that to just kind of get me focused and zoned in. At okay. this point in time, it's like behavior modification. When I play that song, I now start to relax and I start to zone out. That song will help me shift into a different gear from work or from mm-hmm. whatever the hell's going on. Helps me shift gears. Then I can play some other stuff. Okay. Um, so those are some of my favorite go-to ones. Then I, it, it is what it is. I'll just put it on random on my phone, let it go. Uh, I use Spotify. I use the free version. But then when I'm going on like, like long road trips, like we're getting ready to go to Minnesota, I'll probably buy it for three months. And then, because uh, they got like a $10 for three months thing. Spotify, I'm tagging mm. you in this shit. Yes. Give us money. Yes. I'm going to say that you're a paid promoter of this. See what happens. They'll probably sue us. Um, but yeah, yeah th- th- that's usually it. Those two songs right now, and then I deviate to a bunch of other crazy stuff. I like to be more chilled in my workouts. I can put some rap on for a minute, and then I start to get too tired of it, and then I start to get like overwhelmed from my ears. At the end of the workout, I usually I take my headphones out anyways because now my ears are just bothering me. That's fair. Yeah. When I'm doing yoga at the end of the workout, I'm usually just listening uh, to like ESPN or a game, and then I'm just doing my stretches. Okay. So... <laughs> I'm going to ask this question. Uh, what, if you could pick a song, like say you met, like you met the one, uh, you met the the love of your life. I met the, the one, the one, one with the thing. thing. Um, <laughs> what would be the song that you think y'all would play on your wedding day? What would be the one song? Oh, I thought you was going to say when we bumping uglies. You know what? Surprisingly, no. I didn't ask that. I Surprisingly. thought you were from a whoopee song. Hey, what kind of what kind of thing, what kind of songs you be throwing that back to? <laughs> In the sexual healings. <laughs> That's it. Marvin Gaye, sexual healings. That's it. Yep. Uh I have no wedding song. I don't know. It'd probably yeah, be man. some like hillbilly backcountry stuff with one of them weird banjos. See, he got himself a white woman. Oh, damn, you're right. I didn't even think about that. I ain't got no teeth. I have no idea. See, Uh, I'm trying to play International Players Anthem. Because in the beginning, Andre 3000 does his verse, and he's getting married. And then throughout the song, it's just them talking about how, like, don't let that girl hurt you. Be a player. (laughs) Oh my god. And that's what we'll all come out and dance to. It's a good song too. UGK. Okay. Well now I know. Uh to make sure that the DJ plays that uh is your the theme song for the event. Yep. I'm probably gonna get the censure version for the white people in the crowd. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about the marriage videos and uh, all that stuff. I have no idea. I ain't trying to do all that shit. That's that's a whole other fucking thing. Songs, because right, because they play the songs and everyone goes out and dances, right? And so they be like, "This yeah. is this is the song for you and your mom." And then you dance with your mom. And then you dance with your partner. Yeah, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we'll come back to that question. We'll come once, back to you know. that. Yeah, yeah. I once, mean, first I gotta find the one. I gotta find get in a relationship first, and then I have to, you know, that would usually help. Yeah. That would help, and then I just gotta make sure that you know I get them to the wedding. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we talking dead or a lot? Now that's a question for a different time. Jesus. Um, 
I bet you already have the straight jacket picked out. <laughs> I, mean, it's just I want a, the bedazzled one. It's just a wooden sarcophagus. <laughs> All right. Anything else from you, Naz? Nope. Our okay. Let's will move be on. Intertwined yep. in hell. Yep. We're okay. done here. Um, <laughs> We're done. I don't know. I'll think about it. Let's let's wrap it up. I don't know how it turned to that, but I do know how because we're just fucking weirdos. Um, yep. Why do people listen to us, Nas? I don't know. I don't know. Well, you sound pretty, and I've got the brains. So there it is. <laughs> do you though? Do you? Yep. You, but then you say things like that, and I'm just like, oh, there's a couple that agree with me. And with that, thanks for watching, everybody. <laughs> We really appreciate it. Uh, remember to hit those buttons down below. Test of buttons. Test. You're about to rub your chest. I know you were. I saw. I him. almost did, but I refrained. <sighs> God. All right, y'all. This has been the Different Spectrums podcast. I'm Spencer. That's Nazir. Goodbye. <laughs> At different spectrums on all the things, platforms, At tutorials, websites, yes. different spectrums at podcastspectrums.com. End the fucking video. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs>